Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Blow Off Elf podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And uh, this week, uh, I am still on the road, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> fortunately, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Um, but uh, starting off this week, the uh, Spanish GP this morning at the uh, Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona, Spain. Yeah. Um, coming into it, um, uh, Hamilton was on pole with Verstappen second. Uh, but you actually, I think, were very prescient. You said, you know, that Verstappen actually had a really good line um, into yeah, the first yeah, turn because the first turn was a right-hander. Yeah, you're um, turning in. And that's exactly what happened. He got a good jump. <laughs> Hamilton got away well, too, but Verstappen got a good jump off the line and beat uh, Hamilton to the first corner, got inside position, and uh, they, they nearly and wrecked. kept it. Yeah, they. I mean, Hamilton basically parked his right front tire between the left front and left rear tires of, of Verstappen <laughs> going beyond the first corner yeah. in turn two. Yeah, fun, fundamentally, I, I honestly do not know sometimes how these guys don't hit each other. You know, I mean, they yeah. are within millimeters. And like we were talking during the race, if you're Verstappen you've got to get in he- ahead of that silver arrow. And so if it means right. not, not that that's necessarily a goal, but if it means taking Hamilton out or causing some wheel damage or something like it's worth it because right. if both of you have to retire, you're both out of the points and nothing really changes in, in a way, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. if you give that line up and you let him have it, you're kind of done. Like you're not, they just don't catch them <laughs> once they get no, out in the no. free air. I mean, once, it's pretty once, much game over. That's that's the challenge, I think, for these. You know, the Mercedes is so fast. The Red Bull is quick, but it's shown to probably not be quite as quick. And so if you give a Mercedes yeah. car in the hands of Lewis Hamilton free air out in front, it's, unless they yeah. have a, a, a mechanical failure or a major screw up at a um, pit stop or something like that, you're kind of done. Like Lewis isn't likely to make a mistake when he is just driving his race. If he's pushing to try and catch up or something, maybe he does make a mistake like we saw in in the second race of the year, but unlikely, you know? Yeah. And we saw, I think it was, you know, discussed last season that the silver arrows were like fundamentally designed to be in free air. Like they were optimized because they knew there's a very good chance we're going to be out on, out in front. So let's optimize. Once we get that position, the car, all of it is just, you know, designed to optimize that scenario. And right. Yeah. So like once you let them out there, (laughs) you're not catching them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's very prescient. They knew that they had the power plant to be out in front and then they just optimized the aerodynamics and everything else yeah. around that to uh, to to plan to be in free air and, and use that to the best of their ability. So, um, yeah. yeah. So Lewis, you know, had a great race going. Max, uh, but Max had the lead after the first turn and really kept it for about two thirds of the race, I want to say until lap 43 or 44 and ended up getting passed by Lewis. And, and that was because Mercedes actually did a really kind of a surprising strategy. Um, actually, we should back up before that. Yeah. So definitely. Max was, um, 
Do you remember when he like looked like he almost like ducked into the pit lane? Like, um, yeah, yeah. It was like lap 22 or 23. He switched off the softs and went to the medium compound tire. Yeah. Like Lewis was chewing into it and I chewing into his lead. And I can't remember, did I can't remember, did Hamilton uh, pit before then? I'm not sure. No. So basically, Verstappen, like lap 22 or 23, he was up on Lewis by around a second and Lewis was starting to close the gap a bit. They were both on the softs. Um, Lewis, they had yeah. similar tire degradation based on the metrics they were showing during the race. But Lewis was saying his tires were okay to stay out. So yeah. Max pitted. They put on the medium compound. And, and this Lewis was when... Lewis did another, I want to say like 10 laps or so on the softs. Yeah. And this was this was actually, I think, I don't know if Mercedes thought that Red Bull was going to do this, but obviously they war game before these and try to get a sense of like what the plan is for the competitor. Mm-hmm. But it really felt like Lewis was catching up to Max. Max is coming in to the straightaway and was just like, screw it, I'm pitting. Because mm-hmm. his stop was long. It was like it, four well, and some seconds and it, because... Guys were running out from the back, it seemed like, with with tires, I think. I think right. that was him. And it was just it like, was, this yeah. doesn't feel planned. <laughs> yeah, they came They came out, The I think it was the left rear tire came out late. It seemed like they made a, a split-second decision, and the, and the pit crew who normally would be sitting there waiting for, for yeah. the car to come in, uh, were rushing out there, you know, as the car's coming in. Um, so yeah, it, it seemed like they kind of made a snap decision. So Lewis then leads the race. He gets a little bit of a lead going. He pits and puts on a medium compound. Unfortunately, Red Bull. Right. Yeah, exactly. Has a great pit stop. I think it was like 2.2 or something like that. 2.4. Good pit. And so then he's off to the races and gets a lead going again. Uh, has to go through a little bit of traffic to catch back up to Max after he pits, but yeah. um, is able to make up ground pretty easily. Oh, and, and one yeah, of the reasons he, one of the reasons he really made it up quickly was because um, even I think coming out of his pit stop, he was still ahead of Max's teammate Sergio Perez, who yeah, was kind of languishing in like that. fifth or sixth, and I th- and finished the race in fifth. But if he had been up there to Defend Max a little bit, you know, make Lewis work to get around him a little bit, hold him off. Maybe things turn out a little bit differently. Yeah, the I remember when Lewis came out, I think it was he was behind by like 27 seconds or something. Mm-hmm. And he was just radioed in and was like, Where are we at? And they were like, You're you're back by 27 seconds and but then they were like, but you've done this before. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Bon, Bono, his race engineer, said we've been here before. Uh, and that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that experience and knowing he's in a fast car, knowing. Oh, my gosh. Knowing, yeah. and, and I mean, not only did he, he, I think he had like 22, 23 laps to catch Max. Yeah. And not only did he catch him before the end of the race, he caught him with like seven or eight laps to spare. I mean, he just was absolutely flying. And Max knew, 
he wasn't gonna be able to defend. Like the, well, if that's it was what I said to you, one like or two before, laps. Yeah. I just maybe. thought Max, you know, in his interview is gonna be really pissed and not a happy camper, but honestly he was He was almost resigned. Yeah, he was, exactly. That's the word. He was resigned to the situation. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he knew when he saw Lewis Pitt and he I think he did the numbers very quickly and knew like if he was catching up to me, he's I'm on tires that are going to continue to degrade. I can't pit again. And he's got a fresh, you know, he's got fresh tires and he's got an overall faster car. Like unless he got in an accident or, you know, unless something weird happened, he was always yeah. going to catch him. And I don't know yeah. that there was really much they could have done. Like even theoretically, if they'd done their pit stops differently or really pushed for a one stop, you know, yeah. I I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, honestly. I don't think so. I mean, I think Jensen uh, Button, the interviewer, asked uh, Max after the race, that, you know, something along those lines. And, and Max was like, you know, there was really nothing else for us to do. Like, we just don't yeah. have as fast a car as they do. So I think Max kind of knows, like, we need perfect strategy. Yeah. And we need maybe a little bit of luck. We need, uh, you know, traffic. We need him to be stuck in traffic yeah. trying to get through cars. We need, yeah. you know, or maybe Perez a there to rattle the cage a little. Yeah. Perez to defend me. Or maybe if I'm trying to make up ground, we need a yellow flag. Or, you know, it, he needs some weird permutation to happen. Because exactly. in, a, in a flat out race where nothing really happens in terms of, you know, crashes or anything weird, the Mercedes is going to beat the Red Bull. I mean, that's kind of what happened today. Like there, yep. it wasn't a super eventful race from, you know, there weren't a bunch of crashes. There was a yellow flag for a short amount of time early in the race, but otherwise it was a fairly straightforward race and, and the Mercedes just kind of walked away with it ultimately. Yeah. I think they put it well at the end when they said, you know, we had, Perfect strategy and perfect racing. And yeah, there, I, I think both yeah, of those Toto things. Yeah, when both of those things happen, um, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough to beat them. I mean, they Toto came on the radio to Lewis and and said, you know, they had a perfect combination. They had it was a great <laughs> drive from Lewis. Perfect strategy. You know, I mean, it, it's. You're not the only the only thing they had to complain about was Mazepin when Toto came oh, yeah, and I said, um, <laughs> "Come <laughs> on, Mike." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Ooh, talking flat. to race control, um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, he's he's making us lose a position. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the most interesting part of the race. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, Mazepin doing his. Typical shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, he like basically holding back. I think he's holding back Potas, or no, he's holding back Lewis because Lewis is holding yeah, back the traffic. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. We didn't get a spin from Mazepin in uh, in the yeah. race, but we did get. He did go into the gravel in qualifying, so that's true. He's he's staying. He did he's staying on pace. Place. <laughs> and he did. Why finish he finished one place better than Yuki Sonoda? <laughs> oh, dude, Yuki! I wa- So you said something funny about Yuki that you know. Obviously, he didn't. So he didn't have a great race. He ended up uh, having a mechanical failure. It looked like he went went through a turn, and basically his power, 
he had a power unit failure or something like his engine just shut off. He couldn't get it going again. That was the yellow yeah. flag actually was, was them You're repairing right. his car. You had said Yuki, Yuki had gotten a little feisty in, in, uh, <laughs> he did. on his team radio. What did he, what did he, this was in qualifying? Yeah, so this was in qualifying at the end of it. He, you know, they were doing an interview and I think he basically said what you're not at all supposed to say. He said what, mm-hmm. what he thought was going on. He basically felt like, you know, compared to Pierre, I feel like I'm driving a different car here. And right. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if my car is not optimized and blah, blah, blah. And even the uh, announcers at the time were like, you can't say that, you know, yeah. uh, if you want to be here in F1 for the long haul, this is the conversation you have behind closed doors. You know, you say the kind of stuff, you know, like you joked the about stuff. at the end of the day, uh, the difference between, um, you know, Max Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton saying like, well, one of them's got uh, Christian and one of them's got Toto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I, you you I, don't say that in an interview, but you could yeah, say I, it I think doors. I said I think I said to you, I would love it if if uh, Max in the post game or in the post race interview was just like, you know, What's the difference between us. Lewis has Toto calling the shots and I've got Christian Horner. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it it is one of those things like, even if you, even if for some reason you suspect you've got, you know, something weird going on with your car, you don't air family business in public. That's essentially what he was doing. And, you know, some of these guys do get pushed to the breaking point where I think they say exactly what they're, maybe they're not. You know, like we've talked about, some of these cars are, I I think, set up as for the primary driver, like Red Bull. You know, the cars, right, yeah. both of them, presumably are tuned to Max's driving style to some extent. And so as the right. second driver, you are playing a little bit second fiddle. And I'm sure if you're not able to adapt your driving style to it, it, it could be frustrating. And maybe, you know, halfway through the year, you're like... I'm not performing where I've performed in the past. I think it's the car. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know, I get his frustration um, as he's obviously a, a real competitor. He wants to win, but he also kind of needs to understand where he's at. He's not at Mercedes yeah. or Red Bull. He's, he's at Toro Rosso or uh freaking Alpha Tauri. Yeah. Alpha Tauri now. Um, he's on a mid pack team. So if he's if he's he's gonna be battling for just trying to get a manufacturing manufacturer's point, like he can't yeah. expect to be winning races or getting podiums. And Pierre Gasly's teammate's pretty good. He's a good driver. Yeah. Gasly's a great driver, and he's also a rookie. Like I think he needs to think of the context. Like at least you know, look at the other rookies that are racing. You know, they're yeah. both stuck on Haas. At least he's not on Haas. <laughs> you know, so I I, yeah. I think he just kind of, I think it was kind of a rookie mistake on his part to kind of talk about that stuff on, on, yeah. uh, on the team radio, knowing that it's <laughs> broadcast to, to the announcers and stuff. So I think he'll, he'll learn, he'll learn that stuff. I don't think there's not many. Yeah, I think as a team, it. it's worth a sit down, a little conversation, but it's, it's something to pass on, you know, let the yeah. guy prove himself the rest of the season and see what he can do and go from there. 
Yeah, um, he'll learn. One of the highlights I wanted to, you know, give a shout out to is for our boy Danny Ricardo. Oh yeah, uh, he had, a, he had another good place. drive. Good, yeah, good for him. I mean, he uh, beat this out was on the first. I was just going to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. This is, I think, the first time he's you know finished above him, and I think he really needed that. You were saying that yeah. that uh, he really needed a strong finish. Um, and yeah, he got I out think there and he did it. It would have been great if he you know, could have gotten a third or, you know, pulled a third out of the hat, but that's asking a lot, you know, when you've got two Mercedes and two Red Bulls out there, but I think finishing above Lando in front of you who who drove the pants off that Ferrari as, as usual, like gets more out of that car than anyone has any right to. But yeah, Ricardo had a, had a really nice race, really solid. And I think should do something, you know, good for his confidence knowing like, Hey, I, you know, on a quick track on a race yeah. that wasn't really marred by any weird incidents or yellow flags and stuff like I beat Lando. So, you know, it's, that's a competitive team. He's not, yeah. he's not kind of in the, um, the Sebastian Vettel situation of just losing to stroll every single race. Yeah, I, yeah. that's so true. That's so true. I honestly, yeah, just, just be, you said that. And, um, I, I kind of honestly think Vettel's, He's he's at where I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't think uh, I keep saying this, but I don't think that guy's got the hunger and the fire anymore. No, I hope at this point he's imparting kind of some veteran knowledge and it, you know uh, tidbits to stroll to to help stroll progress in his career, which is what I suspect he was brought in to do more so than like go out and win races. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah. You know, they wanted a solid second driver. I don't know what they paid for him, but I, I hope they <laughs> I hope they didn't way overpay for him. But you know, if he can mentor Lance a little bit, um, Lance still fairly early in his career in F one, but you know, seems to be a solid driver on his day. Um, and so I agree with you though. I mean he doesn't he I mean he he finished behind like Kimmy Raikkonen today. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> exactly I mean yeah credit to Kimmy, like great drive, but like, why is, yeah. why is the yeah. Aston Martin finishing behind an Alfa Romeo? Like those yeah. Alfa Romeo should be fighting with the Haas at the back of the pack. You yeah. Know? You know, and one other person to kind of highlight George Russell, he finished uh, 14th. So right. he finished above, um, Latifi, uh, Giovinazzi, Alonso, yeah, Fernando Alonso. Alonso. I don't yeah. know what happened to him. Like I, I neither, honestly. I mean, you, he was making like, moves at, at at certain points in the race. I thought so. I don't, I don't know. know if he got stuck in traffic coming out of a pit stop or like what happened. But like he, like Ocon, got ninth, which was you know is great. Like manufacturers points. Yeah. I, you know how did Alonso finish eight positions behind him? That's like how and, and the Alpine should not be finishing behind the Alfa Romeos or the Williams. Like that's, that's <laughs> no. awful. I do like that both the Haas were, were two laps behind everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, so brutal, dude. What so an embarrassing, you know? I, yeah. Hopefully maybe next year there is some development and improvement, but I'm actually not super optimistic. I kind of think I, like you said, Gene Haas will probably bail. I bet it won't be as 
good as they want next year and Haas Gene will just be like, screw it, I'm out. This is insane. I think I think he is doing everything behind the scenes throughout the my guess is right now he is working on either getting Mazepin's dad to to buy yeah. the team buy or somebody else. I think he's he is getting that's that's why I think yeah, that's, right. that's the real yeah. reason that they're not spending money on developing this car. They can say that they're using the money to develop next year's car and blah blah blah. Yeah. I think the real reason is he is not going to throw good money after bad and is like I'm getting yeah, out. Yeah, just listen to Gunther and Gene's conversations on Drive to Survive. Yeah, you know, after yeah, like, and that was last year. Gene, Gene, no, it's the money is accounted for. We're gonna fix this. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I we've think, been doing this for three years. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just realized like he's not that getting really anything <laughs> out of it anymore. And like, you know, that's the challenge too. Is like if you're the main sponsor of your own team, then you're yeah. literally footing all the bills. So if you're not making much money they're not in the they're not high enough in the manufacturer's standings to be making much getting much of the tv revenue or anything like that and so you know they're they're in a bad spot and it kind of reminds it kind of reminds me it's like an old saying like how does a rich man become a poor man go racing Um, (laughs) and i think you know and i think True. <laughs> yeah, I think Gene's probably hemorrhaged good, you know, uh, probably a sizable minority of his net worth into yeah. this team, and it's just there's no return. So I don't know. Yeah, I, they have a lot of, unfortunately, at this point, a lot of like negative momentum. Yeah, know? there's a They're lot of negativity. Of a yeah, I agree. Like Mick Mick Schumacher was kind of a nice story, but you've you've got you know widely regarded as like one of the least likable drivers on your team who not only is he not a seemingly nice person but he yeah. also probably has no right to be in a formula 1 car yeah he's just like a wild ass on the track you know yeah so it's yeah it's hard to see any positive light for Haas in this. So I think he's just going to be gone and it'll be the Euro Collie, you know, yeah. team or, you know, team Mazepin after this. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but uh good race. It was, it was fun. Um, yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah, it was good. And uh, so we'll just, we'll see, you know, we'll see if uh, Red Bull can find a little bit more pace for the next race. And, you know, it was, it's been close. I mean, they were close in qualifying and, you know, I think there's still um, a lot of fights left to be had. Yeah. So. so with that, wrapping that up, why don't we hear a little bit about your um, road expedition at this point? Yeah. So the reason that uh, I am still on the road, so we got back from our our trip to Florida yesterday. And today I took the RS to a small town in Wisconsin called Elkhart Lake, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, is notable one of the best racetracks in the country road america and uh it's it's a really lovely little town i mean it's exactly what you'd expect of a small town in wisconsin it's very pretty a lot of trees um you know a lot of little small diners and restaurants but i'm here for a uh 
high performance driving course um, that's happening over the next two days. Really, kind of as a a way for me to get to kind of see what my car is capable of, not capable of what it's doing, but like see what yeah. my my upper limit is. <laughs> yeah, and kind of really learning car control and you know i've i've never really had formal any formal like teaching in terms of car control especially at a of a high performance car um a serious high performance car at that right yeah exactly and so i figured before i like got a little too brave on a backcountry road and put it into a hedge i should learn how to learn how to drive the thing um so that's going to be what uh, I'm doing over the next couple of days. The tomorrow is kind of the level one, um, which is I think a lot of classroom discussion and like racing theory and and you know car control theory and stuff. Um, and then also though there's there's some like you know practical stuff too. I think we we do like a solemn course and a skid pad and and stuff like that with instructors. And then. Um, the second day is kind of the level two course, which uh, is more advanced techniques. And also I think the day culminates in a three lap kind of lead follow session of the full road America circuit, uh, which sh- should be really epic. I was, uh, I've been watching YouTube videos uh, of like uh, in car, like Porsche 911 cup cars going around uh, road America, just kind of seeing the track. Um, it's a very high speed track. The straightaway is like a mile long, like the front straight. So uh, they supposedly you can get up to like one fifty, one sixty on the front straight before you hit the braking zone for turn one. Uh, so it should be pretty exciting. <laughs> the The thing that differentiates it from a lot of the other small Wisconsin towns, though, is is you can definitely tell there's a fascination with racing. Um, the little hotel I'm staying in has a bunch of racing themed posters up in the room. Um, Very there's, cool. there's like a, uh, a couple of different gas stations that have like 110 octane racing <laughs> gas. There's a big, it looks like a retirement community at first, like a, a bunch of like kind of townhomes or condos, but each one has these has like two huge garage spaces um uh that and i realized it's like a um oh sure know, like a vacation like a vacation condo for you people for you are, and your car yeah for you and your car for racing enthusiasts so uh it's and and the the hotel i'm staying in currently the the little small parking lot out out front has three Porsches, including my own, as well as a Ferrari. Uh, and so it's, you know, something else is going on, you know, it's not your usual bed and breakfast. So, uh, so, yeah, so the plan is next week, we'll, um, kind of recap my experience with it. It's the first high performance driving course that I've done and I can kind of, uh, get into, not only talking about what the course is like, but I'll also kind of talk about what I did to prepare for it in terms of, you know, do you need track day insurance? Do you, yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. All those sorts of things. And, and talk about some of the costs involved in that, um, Please. you know, just to give people an idea so that, you know, this sort of stuff, unfortunately, uh, is, is expensive um it's an expensive hobby to get involved in even if you're just running like a spec miata you know yeah but uh 
but so that'll be the plan for next week's podcast. Um, and, uh, but kind of teasing it this week since, uh, I'm, I'm just here and, uh, excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, man. We got anything else to add for this week? No. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Um, uh, we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, we're on uh, Instagram at the Blofeld Podcast. It's a good place to follow us. Ask us questions. You'll get notifications when the show, the new podcast is up. And if you have any questions or show topics you're interested in hearing about, it's a good place to, to uh, talk to us. Um, and until then, we'll see you next week.